What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the Dirt. I am your host, Brian, and we have a really cool episode planned for today. Uh, we're going to jump into what I have recreated and consolidated as the seven steps to building a multi-million dollar landscape company. Uh, seven steps. So. We've taken about 7 million steps and put them into the seven, what we have felt and what I have personally experienced to be the most important steps to building a large landscape company. So we're going to jump right in because I want to make sure we can really go into these different points. And essentially the way it's going to work, we're going to talk about these seven steps and then really for the next seven episodes, we're going to dive into each step individually and I'm gonna break it down for you guys. I'm gonna show you what I've done in the past and what I have learned from a lot of my mentors over the years. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna really show you how each of these steps work. Um, but to get started, this is one of the most important steps, okay? Um, and if you can master this step, it doesn't matter what business you're in, you will win time after time after time. Uh, and you'll just have a, a, a better time working. It's going to be a lot more fun. Um, step number one is to build relationships uh, even before you dive into starting the business up, right? So if you're starting fresh, ground zero, no equipment, no anything, you just you know you want to start a landscape company, my advice, just hold off on buying equipment and all the other stuff that you're going to need to do. Really just get out there and start making relationships. Um, start making uh, partnerships, introductions with um, a anybody in the various verticals that you're looking to work in, right? Um, and this is the first main key to that. Lean on your existing relationships, right? Friends, family, many of you have heard of this as the inner circle. Um, get to know your inner circle. If you already have a business, maybe you have a landscape company already and you're you know, primarily doing residential work and you really want to break into that commercial market, lean on your existing customers. You don't know what they might do. Maybe you have one homeowner and they're a property manager. Um, maybe, maybe they know somebody who's a property manager. Maybe they own property. Uh, you, you never know who you're going to come across. So. Start with your inner circle. Start with the people that you know. Build relationships. And always remember another important part of this, the reason why relationships are so vital is because you want your clients to be your friend, right? And I will talk about this a little bit in more detail in the, the very next episode, but um, it, I always use this phrase, it's a lot harder for a friend to fire you, okay? so build relationships, make your clients your friend, step number one. Step number two, once you kind of build those relationships, they're going to ask you to bid their work um, if they have it. So estimating, 
is an important step. Step number two to building a multi-million dollar landscape company. Know how to properly estimate a job. You need to understand how many hours it takes to do a job. If it's a, if it's a maintenance contract and it's a 15 acre property with 15 buildings on it or whatever size, you have to know how much labor it's gonna take to accomplish the contracted services. So know how to estimate. Um, it's all about the hours. Understanding that, you're gonna have a leg up in making sure that you will be profitable on that job. Along with that, know your finances. Understand what you need to charge to make sure that you're covering your overheads and budgeting for a profit. Budget for a profit, right? So understand your finances. But along with that, okay, also know your market because this is what gets a lot of uh, demo, you know, different demographics, different regions, different markets into a lot of trouble is if you don't know your market and you're only bidding work based on your personal financial overheads, you could very likely be just completely watering down the market causing prices for landscape services to drop and make it very difficult for um, you know the, the jobs to be priced properly, right? Because maybe you're a, a, a sole proprietor or owner operator and you have, uh, it's you and two of your buddies and you know, you pay them in, in a six pack every weekend, you know, you won't have to charge as much as a company that has, you know, insurance and overheads that go directly towards that job vehicle payments, uh, labor, workers comp, I mean, the list goes on, right? So if you want to get into commercial work, don't bid it like you would a favor for a friend, you know, behind your, your house in your neighborhood. Don't treat it like that. Understand your market, know what the local competition is charging. And even if your needs are lower and would warrant a, lo a lower price, don't lower the price. Okay. Try your best to keep your pricing structure comparable to your local market. Um, but if that local market is less than what you need to make sure you cover your overheads, then you should address one of two things. One, can you raise the market value? Or two, do you have too many overheads? So know how to estimate. Important step number two. Step number three. Once you build a relationship, you're asked to estimate the job, you're gonna have to close it. So understanding sales is one of the most important steps to this process because you have to know how to close work. Now, a little sidebar, you'll notice that the three, and in my opinion, some of the most important steps to building a multi-million dollar landscape company surround sales, okay? Sales without sales? you don't have a business, right? I mean, yeah, sure. You'll get word of mouth. You'll get, you know, people that, you know, are, are interested in your services because, you know, they, they know your reputation, they know your company. Those are the greatest jobs to have, right? But that's not going to build your company. Those are the things that happen. And those are like the, the little golden nuggets that you get when you fight for those original relationships. All right, so you, you have to know sales. 
So having that sales strategy in place once you estimate the job is vital. Um, you need to make sure that you're also selling enough ahead of time to justify the amount of people that you're hiring. So the way that I did it, and just again, this is something we will go into much more detail with, but uh, when we first started, uh, second to none, we had four employees. And um, fortunately, we had a fairly large tree pruning job that warranted that labor. But I, I really wanted to break into the maintenance sector. So um, I, I leaned on my inner circle. I remembered that some family friends uh, own a property management company and I reached out and over time it took us maybe a, maybe a month, but through conversations, through you know getting things dialed in, we were able to land a, a decent portion of our portfolio um, through this inner circle contact. And what I did, you know, this was in uh, September, uh, September of 2020, and I knew that I at least needed until until November. So November 1st, I knew I could you know, launch this thing. So I asked if we could please stagger those start dates and if it was possible to start November 1st. And fortunately, they weren't in too much of a bind with their current landscaper. So we were able to push that start date. So what happened, once we got that work, it was a a combination of four properties um, if we had enough revenue to justify a four-person crew and it was in the middle of winter mind you so that's another part um, when you're selling think about those things think about stacking your work to the point where it's not going to be overwhelming to start so many properties at once but try to stack your work to justify the labor um, especially if you're trying to break away from being an owner operator and having a crew you have to remember you need to be able to support that crew with your revenue. Um, and on top of that, if you live in an evergreen market where, you know, yes, you do service year round, but in the winter months, things are a lot slower and you don't service as frequently, that's the time you want to try to start new, new work. You don't have to spend as much labor, uh, but you're getting paid the same. So you're able to get a, a decent jump ahead before you get into the busy season. So knowing how to sell, knowing when to sell, and knowing what to sell are crucial to building a multi-million dollar landscape company. Step number four, so you're getting the work, you're ready to go, now you need to hire people. So you need to make sure that if you're starting from scratch and you, you don't have anybody currently, this is all new, that you're hiring at least one experienced crew leader and, and I, our requirement um, currently is if you're being hired as an outside crew leader, meaning you're not being promoted from within, um, we make it mandatory that you have three or more years of experience as a foreman. So we're setting a standard fairly high in our company. Um, but I highly recommend that if you are, again, trying to break away from being an owner operator, hire an experienced foreman with three or more years of experience and at least one experienced guy or, or girl to be the right-hand person, to make sure that they're also a strong asset to the team. Then the other person or two, whatever you might need at that time, you know, you could either find somebody that you, you, know, you wanna bring in and coach and train to sort of you know, fit within the, the culture of your company, 
um, or you can find other experienced individuals. But I always recommend that on a blend for that crew that you still, you know, you have your foreman who's going to be your highest paid, then the lead person who's going to be the second highest paid, and then two sort of newer landscapers. Um, so that way you can offset that high rate of pay with maybe a more of like a uh, an introductory um, you know beginner rate that you can slowly uh, pick up over over the course of time so hiring the right people making sure that the team dynamic is right you have an experienced person running the group um, and likewise you know just as important make sure that even down to the person that might have no experience at all on that crew try to hire people that are like-minded and that they share your vision they understand it they can buy into it even at the crew level you know it's one thing to to influence um, managers and you know uh, people that uh, are are on that side of the the business right those are the the folks that you normally see buying into you know the cultural progression of your company but I try, you know, internally, we get everybody involved. I mean, we talk about our company's vision, our culture, our core values constantly. Every morning we we mention it. We talk through different topics of how those things influence our lives even outside of work. Um, and and I'll, again, this is something we can talk about in the future, but um, it, it's just it's really important to develop a culture and get their buy-in. So hire the right crew. That's step number four. Step number five is your operation. Your operation has to be in place. Um, now, you have some old school mindsets, which, hey, it's built big business over the years, so I, I can't knock it. But we are not in an era where pencil whipping is okay anymore. <laughs> the, the pen and paper on staples, notepads, writing estimates and pro proposals, and it, look, we live in a time where technology is reigning free and it is so important to your business's brand and identity to build that multi-million dollar landscape company you have to have processes and procedures early on right it might feel funny standing outside with four employees you know doing your a morning stretch routine right you know it's like why, why am i doing this with four guys you know it doesn't make sense or you know it might feel funny you know walking up to a job with four guys and doing a, a safety inspection routinely every single week you know these are things that you should be doing from day one no matter how big or small you're starting off because it is easier to start implementing procedures and operational procedures when the company is young and there's not a lot of people because at that point if you get it established and it becomes routine as you hire new people the existing ones can now help train the new people so it's very important to have operational procedures and again what do I mean by that example do we uh, you know when do you fuel up right do you get gas in the morning do you get gas in the afternoon do you have a fuel tank at your office what efficiencies have you put in place for that do you have um, a safety protocol uh, do you have any sort of visual or safety inspection that you complete on a weekly basis um, you know what do your crews dispatch look like um, how frequently are you doing inventory do you have an inventory um, do you have a proposal software do you have a 
CRM? Do you have a professional email set up? You know, what, what procedures are in place on both the physical labor part of the operation and your office part of the operation, right? Do you have invoicing, bookkeeping? You know, how does all that tie into your brand? Um, you know, because at the end of the day, the idea is to make our client's life as easy as possible. So the, the, the more efficient products that you offer, whether it's just a, a clean way to present an invoice or a proposal, um, that goes a long way with our clients. But you have to develop those things early on. And that's why this is on this, this top seven list, because before you can become a multi-million dollar landscape company, you have to run efficiently. You have to have an efficient operation. Step number six, the customer experience. Um, ensure that you have a flawless source of communication with your client. You've just worked so hard over the last couple months to get that client and build that relationship. Now it's important to keep it. All too often, companies have a, a very uh, huge burst of momentum in the beginning when they first get the client and then six months later, eh, it starts to die down a little bit. That is a problem. You cannot let that happen. You can't become a multi-million dollar company if you're losing work, right? So through the customer experience, you're able to retain your customers, which means every dime that you make on top of that revenue is gained profit, right? It's not breaking even. It's not covering for a lost job. It's gained profit. Customer experience contributes to that in a, a huge percentage, huge percentage. So communicate, follow through, communicate the way that your client wants you to communicate, and you're gonna be able to move on to step number seven. Now, as we wrap up these seven steps, before we talk about step number seven, I, I wanna note, so in the maintenance world, the revenue and the profit and the profit margins are relatively smaller compared to what we call ancillary sales, right? So just traditionally, you will make almost the, well, you will be able to make almost double the amount of profit and margin dollars on ancillary sales than you typically will with maintenance work. Ancillary sales, meaning for your existing client base, you're providing additional services to the contract, like irrigation repairs, landscape upgrades, tree care, additional plant health care. Uh, it could be anything, paver work, um, putting in parking stops. I mean, the list goes on with what you can do, but ancillary sales are essentially sales and revenue that you generate outside of your contract agreement with your client. And they will make you significantly more money than you will get from your maintenance contract. However, without the maintenance contracts, you wouldn't have the ancillary sales, right? And they do go hand in hand. Don't get me wrong. You can build a very profitable, lucrative business on maintenance. But when you can select the right clientele, that cares about their landscape enough to provide budgets to enhance it, those are the clients you want to seek. They will be the driving force of your multi-million dollar 
landscape business. So to recap, seven steps. Step number one, start by building relationships. If you don't have the relationship, then you're just throwing darts at a dartboard blind in the dark. <laughs> so build relationships. Two, know how to estimate. Once you have that the, the partnership going and they ask you to go bid the work, you have to be able to know how to bid it and know how to make money in order to build a large company. Step number three, with step number one and two, you have to be able to sell. You need to have a sales strategy. You need to know when you wanna bring work on, how much you wanna bring on at once, and you wanna make sure that the work you bring on has enough revenue and profit to facilitate, at least at first, a three to four man team. And then obviously you can continue to backfill that portfolio or truck route until you're making the amount of profit that you desire for that particular crew. Step number four, hire the best employees that you can. Create the culture, attract the good employees. Pay them well, don't be stingy. Bid into your contracts enough to try to pay your crews well. They work hard, they deserve it. Find an experienced foreman. Make sure he is the one that is going to, you're gonna rely on him, so he needs to have the experience. Step number four, hire the right crew. Step number five, know your operation and have all of your operational procedures in place early on. Even before you hire the first employee, you should have an operational procedure in place for everything within your business, from how your crew operates on a day-to-day -day basis, to how your proposals and estimates and sales are written, to how your invoices are delivered, to your thank you cards to your clients, have it all laid out and ready to go. Step number seven, make sure you have the right clientele so that you can sell the ancillary sales, so that you can put in uh, the, the hard work to build those relationships and then you have the opportunity to enhance their properties. And that is where you will continue to build profit, which will go towards expansion within your company. So now that you know my seven secrets, what we will do from this point is for the next few episodes, we're going to dive into some of these with a lot more specificity. And I'm going to break out um, you know, from my experiences and experiences of fellow colleagues, exactly how, um, you know, how these things work and, and what it takes to make these seven steps uh, come to fruition. Because you can't just read it, you can't just say it, there has to be action behind it. And I will be going into exactly what that action is. So again, thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, again, this is... Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I really think that um, those of you that might be new to the industry, this is gonna give you a good inside view of what it's like to be involved in the commercial landscape sector, um, and, and you're gonna have fun. So, all right, well, this is Beyond the Dirt, and I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Feeling on a day.